Hello to all you cats, dogs, and other friends in the animal kingdom. This is Pat Brennan, welcoming you to another episode of Beyond Believers, the definitive Elvis Costello fan podcast. Today, my friend Matt Myatico and I continue our alcohol and weed-fueled exploration into Elvis Costello's 1979 masterpiece, Armed Forces. As stated in the previous sentence, be forewarned, for this is easily the most under-the-influence episode we've recorded up to this point. Things are said, broad statements are made about the last 44 years of American and English political history, so, to quote, Mr. Arnold is portrayed by Samuel L. Jackson in the 1994 film Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts, and if you feel it, enjoy it. Oh, there you go, gin. Yeah, Some British makes... gin. Yeah, I'm I'm bringing my accoutrements with me so I don't have to get up again to <laughs> make another cocktail. All right, so track side two, track one, Goon Squad. I put on a Halloween mix at work today of tracks that are not exactly Halloween, but just sound creepy. And track two or three is Goon Squad. No one bats a fucking eye. No, no, no. It'll do it. It's an aggressive song. Ghoul Squad? Aggressive song. It's also, it's it's as melodramatic, if not more so, than watching the detectives. Do, 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 do. Definitely. It, again, shouting lyrics. He shouts many of the lyrics in this song. My favorite part of the song is during the cor- chorus when there's just that thing in the background of somebody going, Goon Squad. Goon Squad. I love that. It reminds me of Pavement, like Bob Nastanovich, who just yells on a bunch of like uh, different pavement songs. It's the guy in the background it kind of reminds me of that just like somebody which songs i don't know it's it's very weird what's up which songs for on pavement uh range life for instance you have you have bob nasanovich in the back during the chorus he'll just be shouting like just kind of yelling like range life like making not funny noises but like like this doesn't really belong in the song really but it it works you know it 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 wouldn't be the same without it yeah exactly exactly Absolutely. That was a uh, that was Nick Lowe's idea. The producer was like, put it in there like it like it's a theme song to a <laughs> that's TV exactly, show. That's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Which again is like this is like a watching the detective sequel. For watching the detectives, he was like, make it sound like Hitchcock or like Bernard Herman. But yeah, yeah, yeah. and with Goon Squad, it's like you imagine like strings. Vroom, 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 vroom. It's Definitely. so yeah, yeah. melodic. Who hears? Who he picks up a guitar and hears those chords in their head? No, no, definitely nobody not. except him. Yeah. And again, we're we're sort of in Oliver's Armory territory again. But it's the guy who bought the deal, you know, and it's so much worse than he imagined. Yeah, it's like him writing a letter home almost to his parents, right? Mother, yeah. Mother, father, I'm here in the 
I should also say this song hits on a personal level because my father is an alumni of the Merchant Marine Academy. Wow. At Kings Point College on Long Island, which is referred to by their student body as the zoo. Interesting. So I've got my sentence. I've got my command. It's it really is. It's such the sequel to Oliver's Army. They said they'd make me major if I met all their demands. I could be a corporal in a corporal punishment or the general manager of a large establishment. Hey, I, I could get career opportunities out of the military. Yeah. You know, and it really is a horror movie. It's also simultaneously that pop song like, hey, mom and dad, I've made it. You know, like, Definitely. and look yeah, what no. happens. The letter home. You know, I always, I think of like the Kinks, Rosie, Won't You Please Come Home, which is like the yep. song that they wrote about their sister moving to Australia or like just so many songs that are reflecting on family life and things, things that they are separated from now that they are on the road. And in Costello's words, like in hotel rooms, so interchangeable that you have to look at the stationery to know where you are. And to think of this as a watching the detectives sequel you get to the last verse, which is almost sato voce, like almost just voice, the way the last verse of Detectives is. You know, you think you're alone until you're alone. like if you take they and put me he's like that's that's how accurate this uh wow. you know he's yeah. like uh this album was made under the influence of vodka gin and several powders only one of which was like <laughs> several liver. several powder <laughs> and it's simultaneously like sexy and exciting and also like horrifying yeah and just i can try to chain a man for being a christopher h looking for a lucky girl to put me in the pit they pat some blue guys on the back and put some to the rod but i never thought they'd put me in the good squad they come to look you over and they're giving you the eye good squad they want you to come out to play you better say goodbye better say goodbye and fascism is scary i mean yeah you know i mean goon squad sounds it sounds like a recruitment song for the proud boys or somebody like that i mean i just keep thinking of these like groups I mean, of people going, going back to the guy you were you that you worked with exactly you know i mean you didn't realize you could... this song you probably don't know this song is about you <laughs> I mean, he's just goon squad. I mean, like, I, I don't know how you could not think this was a, you know, he's not talking about these things in a nice way or a good way or an aspiring way, you know? I think you have to be not paying attention to the lyrics of the song that much to, to not understand that. Or even the tone of his voice. To me, Elvis comes across as sardonic and, like, sarcastic in a lot of the way he delivers Thinking of the alibis that everyone's forgotten Just another mother's butt gone to the rotten They pat some goodbyes on the back and put some to the rod But I never thought they put me in the Yeah, absolutely. It's like he says it with such relish. I, I think one of the talents of his voice 
is that when he is representing a truly sinister character, it's pretty hard to take them as like any kind of an endorsement yeah, yeah. of that I, person I, or what they're. I, I, I mean, I know, you know, it would be like reading uh, or watching Lolita and, and thinking that's a, you know, endorsement of, uh, of pedophilia or something. Absolutely. You know, like, like I, yeah. I have seen people take the book that way and you're just like, did you read it? Absolutely. So, I mean, I love Goon Squad. It was one, of, again, along with Party Girl. Those two were kind of my favorite tracks at age 17 when I was into gotcha. it. And, yeah, and yeah. we're kind of all about it. It's got the great hook. It has the lyrics that are just like so. And again, it's we were in high school and college for the two Bush administrations. We, you know, we loved a good takedown song. We loved a good it, politically fucking angry song. Like, no question. You know, it, it, you can draw a pretty straight weird. line like, from some of the out songs on this album to like The High Party by Ted Leo. No question. Yeah, no question. I, uh, I kind of feel like people now forget about the, not. You know what? I don't want to go off on another. I feel like we've gone off on tangents. People Do forget it. about the Bush administration nowadays, I think, because we had Trump. And, you know, Trump was clearly in a class of himself in, in terms of how just awful he was. But people forget that we lived through a competent fascist administration already in this country. And they were competent, unlike the Trump administration. Um, and I, I just think, I don't know, we, it's... Not that it's forgotten about, but like for us, like, I mean, we were in high school, college. To me, that was my prime moment of being coming to in terms of like my political awareness, outlook, awareness. Exactly. People, George W. Bush is now a fun character that people like because he paints and he whatever, you know, he was always comical, but he was not, you know, he was not friendly. He had Dick Cheney and he had whomever. I just, it's it's wild seeing somebody who I thought of as evil at the time now being looked on as quaint. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's just like, what what happens? Like, did we not all live through that same time period? You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I had these this exact same conversation with um with Megan when we talked about this year's model and the fact yeah. and and with my aim is true also where we we realized that it's easy to forget about the Bush administration because Trump is chaos. Those were totally. four years of absolute chaos. But what we don't forget is how thoroughly organized on a plan of attack that yep the Bush administration wants and know what they're doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. Um, Competent evil empire. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that a target like that required articulate art to respond to it. Yeah. I think it's a Kubrick quote where it's like a satirist really only has a career of about 10 to 15 years before they are outstripped by reality. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So again, I feel like I loved Goon Squad because <laughs> to bring it on back, <laughs> to bring it back to one, as we say in the industry, it, it, it's such a great takedown piece of the kind of, again, you know, I grew up in the Virginia suburbs near the Pentagon. I knew at least tangentially people who had 
lost friends and family members in the in the Pentagon. And, yeah. you know, there were lots of people I knew who were going right into the military out of high school. And damned if I can't help but think of Goon Squad when I hear him. All right. So <laughs> we go over a song about energetic military recruitment to a song about fucking busy bodies. I feel like this verse right here alone is like, this is like the the main lesson that I learned from ages 18 to like 25, (laughs) (laughs) which is just that sex while pleasant is not necessarily the primary means of connecting with another human being. Sure. (laughs) You know, you check her ad line, break her regulations. You watch her legs through service stations. I don't know if I entirely get the service stations part. I mean, I, I know Costello sure. was playing a lot, was spending a lot of late nights probably at gas stations, like, yeah, so maybe it's like he's, something you like know, that, watching but... women. Uh... But yeah, yeah I don't, I don't at the know. end of a long night, like the way Travis Bickle talks about, like wiping down like the back seat of the taxi cab. Like I don't know, busy bodies, very busy, getting nowhere. So one of the movies that he cites is like very influential on them because uh, the late seventies was actually the very early VHS era, and they had a bunch of VHSs on their on their bus, and one of them was Network. Have you seen Network? Yeah, no, definitely seen network. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's the line where she's talking about like some kind of like audience report that Faye Dunaway is saying. And she's like, they've shot themselves up. They've turned themselves off and they fucked themselves limp and nothing helps. And I can't help but think of that where I, when I hear the chorus, busy bodies, very busy, getting nowhere, getting nowhere, 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 nowhere. Now you're ready for the merger with the company you're part of. You're part of. You That's the, the one lyric I business. wrote down in my notes for this song. That I, I love that. I mean, it almost seems like it's 1983 and he's like, have you heard about this gay cancer that's going around? <laughs> like, it really is. It's kind of just like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, I, I don't know what shit he got down to in New York City in, I mean, in 78, 79, but I'm sure he saw some things that inspired this song. <laughs> it's a long way from the beat where he's like, we're all gum- going on a, sw- on a summer holiday. Anybody want to swallow me? Like... My. I'm glad that we can be like 16 together reading the lyrics. To this I mean, song. how can you not be? Now you give 
I mean, I like it a lot. It just seems to me very, it's very this year's model. I think it's kind yeah, of, I can see that. it's I, like kind of like backtracking covering territories done. Yeah, I guess. I mean, to me, it's just kind of armed forces is a masterpiece. And so even the filler is great, but this feels a little fillerish. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. It's not my, you know, it's not my favorite on the record. I agree. I, I love it lyrically and I love what it has to say about like the a young man's pursuit of sexual oblivion. Yeah. Like I, I, I get that. I suppose, you know, perhaps you could easily go to pump it up for that just as much. Which by the way, I have to say my guest Megan Morrison pointed out to me that they're pretty sure for them that pump it up is a song about coming home, not getting any and trying to just have a wank before bed. (laughs) Wow. Right. Right. As a man, I didn't think of that. I don't know that I ever thought about that song. Right. In those terms. No. And I was just like, holy shit. Wow. To something there, (laughs) you know? So anyways, interesting track. Now we're on to the uh, the song that was deleted off the U.S. version of Armed Forces for being "quote unquote" too English, Ooh, and a song that later got him in a bit of trouble. Sunday's best. What do you what do you got on Sunday's best? So I'm gonna be honest. Also, not my favorite song on the album. I don't no. dislike it. I, I mean, I like every song on the record, but it's it, it's kind of circusy to me. I get a circus vibe um, with it. You know, it kind of reminds me of um, you know Money Go Round by the Kinks. I get that kind of vibe to it. Absolutely, um, I, very I wrote Kinks-ish. Down, I, I wrote down. I get a modest mouse. By Modest Mouse has a couple songs that have this like circusy, like overly circusy thing where it's just like the sound of this keyboard. Do it. There, it's on the album. There's there's two specific songs on the album after uh, Good News for people who love bad news, and I, I I can't I couldn't tell you the names of the songs right now, unfortunately. I I, I definitely agree that there's a strong Kingsish. I mean, it is a very English sounding album. It is definitely one of these. I feel like one of the criticisms leveled at Ray Davies is he relies too much on like falling back on kind of almost like British music hall. Yeah, yeah. Style like review ish songs. He definitely does that a lot. Yeah. But I feel like the one that really comes to mind with this one is is this fellow right here. Good evening. I'm from Essex. In case you couldn't tell, my given name is Dickie. I come from Billericay, and I'm doing very well. It's a love affair with Nina in the back of my Cortina. A seasoned up hyena could not have been more obscene. She took me to the cleaners and other misdemeanors, but I got right up between her. What, what is what is that? This is Billericky Dicky by Andrew and the Blockheads. So, wow. first of all, Billericky 
I should say, Billericay is a, is a town in the south of England. And according to my good friend John, who is from England, he described Billericay and or Essex is the Jersey Shore of England. And that's funny. And as somebody who is from New Jersey, I feel like you can appreciate that more than anybody. Sure. Um, my, my wife is from Atlantic City. Uh, oh, Jersey. shit. She's a Jersey Shore girl. So. Well, Atlantic City is like like the royalty of the Jersey Shore, for sure. You know, this is like Wildwood. Okay? I can tell you said that. And that nobody's ever said that. Ever. Ever. I have a, about deep, Atlantic City. I have a deep abiding love for the notion of Atlantic City and what it was. Yeah. And not as much as what it is now. I mean, I, I I avoid everything that Atlantic City is known for now and try to love what still remains of what it used to be. It's, it, it's, it's I would say, we, we think it's on a comeback. There's a, a new a new indie rock venue just opened there. It's an indie rock venue. The, the promoter is a guy from... Uh, called anchor rock club promoters um the guy from like hoboken he has connections like yola tango um that sort of uh sound like 80s indie rock type stuff so he's been booking a lot of modern indie acts um so i think i I feel like they're trying to make atlantic city something more than casinos attempting to do that there's a push that's fantastic because like i i am a deep lover of first of all the movie atlantic city (laughs) great and even more so i think it's like one of the greatest movies of the 1970s the king of marvin gardens you know if not i i funny i watched that trailer recently um i've not i know i've not watched that movie it is Um, a weird movie it does not have that strong of a story, but yeah. it's it it is a movie that gets by on its atmosphere. And if the atmosphere is Atlantic City in the winter in the nineteen seventies, cool. it's also a Philly movie. Very um, cool. Okay, Jack Nicholson's that. character lives in lives in Philly, and his brother, who's played by Bruce Dern, and they basically the idea was like he with for the movie was like. Nicholson's like, I want to play the introspective character, and I want Bruce Dern to play the extrovert character that I would normally play in like a movie, and that's yeah, what yeah. I want it to be. And there is just something about seeing like Atlantic City in the early seventies, like just I mean, like so much of what you love about seventies cinema, like broken down. It's so yeah. beautiful and haunting. My, so my wife's my wife's family owns uh, they own a restaurant in AC called Angelo's Fairmount Tavern. We're gonna plug it. Shout out been to around Angelo's since 19th, Fir- been a, Fairmount been Tavern. Since the, been around England. since the 30s like it's been around forever Fuck but so there's yeah. all these you know all these photos like 70s you married up matt Myatico. you married <laughs> i up. did our, our wedding was at angelo's like in the we did it yes! like tent, kind of outside yeah you know we we watched the godfather the, i made Kristen watch the godfather the other day and i was like man our, this could have been our wedding the uh the wedding scene there you know but yeah uh Angelo's Fairmount Tavern, everybody. Check it out. You mean like the greatest wedding ever put on film? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love a we- I love a movie that starts with a wedding. 
I mean, I, I think they they have so much inherent drama built into the structure of them. They're like legal drama, like legal dramas. I love I love deer, wedding movies. Deer Hunter start with a, a wedding. This is a lengthy wedding. The best thing, thing about in, that movie, Deer Hunter. Yeah, I loathe the Deer Hunter. <laughs> I'm one of the rare people out there. I don't think it's a masterpiece. I think the first, I think they should have just made a movie about the wedding, about yeah. those guys living in that town. After that, and turns into the some of the most like bigoted, racist ass, rambly shit I've ever <laughs> I haven't seen, seen it in, in quite a life. while. It's so overrated. It yeah. is criminally overrated. It really feels like take all the wrong lessons from Vietnam and and like and give someone an Oscar for it. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, we're yeah, talking so about Billy Ricky Dicky. Sunday's best. It's Sunday's best. <laughs> so Andrewry and the Blockheads quickly became the other band on the stiff records package tour of which gotcha. Elvis Costello and the attractions were a part of along with Nick Lowe and rock pile reckless Eric, who we know for the, from the song whole wide world. Okay. You know that tune? No, I'll go the whole wide world. I go the whole wide world. Oh. out where they hide her. Bahamas yes, covered it recently. I do. Um, I do it's know that in song. the movie Stranger Than Fiction. Okay. Fucking Will Ferrell plays it on guitar. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was me sneezing Will Ferrell out of my <laughs> in that movie out of my system. My wife's gonna be upset. She loves that movie. Um. But uh, and Ian Drury. I mean, you listen to those lyrics. I had a love affair yeah. with Nina in the back of my Cortina. A seasoned up hyena who could not have been more obscene. She took me to the cleaners and other misdemeanors, but I got right up between her rum and her Ribena. I don't even know what that means, but it's dirty. Not, not a club. Jury is fucking dirty. His open the opening track on his album, which first of all is called New Boots and Panties. He includes panties in his album title. The the okay. opening track is called Wake Up and Make Love with Me. It's about like it's a song about doing it in the morning, you know, which is cheers. Um, I mean, yeah, who doesn't like that? Come on. Who doesn't? Anyways, so Sunday's Best is very much him trying to write a song like that, coupled with John Cooper Clark, who is kind of like the punk laureate of England, right? who used to open for him on a lot of shows. Make a date with the brassy brides of Britain, the altogether ruder readers' wives. Who put down their needles and their knitting At the doorway to our dismal daily lives From fablon top scenarios of passion Nipples peep through holes in leathernets They seem to be saying in their fashion I'm freezing Charlie, have you finished yet? Cold flesh the colour of potatoes an instamatic living room of sin All the required apparatus Too bad they couldn't get an head in That is where Sunday's Best comes from. I really think he's like, you know what? Like that fucker Andrew, he's a way better front man than I am. I'm going to write a better Andrew song than Andrew can. <laughs> I really feel like that's what it is. It's I mean, such that, a that competition. Like, by the way, great, 
movie about Andrew biopic called Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, which was Andrew's probably most famous song, starring Andy Serkis, the guy who played Gollum and Martin Hannett in 24 Hour oh, wow. Party People, as Andrew. He's fantastic. Cannot recommend the movie enough if you're remotely interested in punk, because he's another guy like Costello who punk helped him break through but he is so not punk he's so something else he is so his own person and his own songwriter and following his own kind of poetic vision and that vision is generally like dirty and filthy and just like i just i think i listen to ian drury and i think of unprotected sex and it's just like i don't know how to describe it any other way than that (laughs) like 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 yeah yeah in good ways and bad so that to me is sunday's best is like and we're talking about the military times are tough for english babies send the army and the navy beat up strangers who talk funny take the greasy foreign money skin shop red leather hotline be prepared for the engaged sign Bridal books, engagement rings, and other wicked little things. It's like the life of a cop, where it's almost just like, you know, yeah, of course your life is is babies and family and home life. And then you put on your uniform and you shine your boots and you go outside and you beat up people who I mean, have the, who are different the last from la- you. The, yeah, the last lyric is... Well, I meant all upon the darkies, which of course, you know, has always been a line that's been used against him as though it's like, this is exactly like, this is really what I believe. The whole, who would people use that against them? Really? Like he he got in trouble? Because, I mean, that's just a willful, a clear willful misreading of what's happening. So there's a thing that I feel like I have to talk about in every Elvis Costello episode. And it, it, it is worth talking about because it is an unfortunate incident in his career. And it the happened. Stills. Yep. Yep. So, you've yeah. read about yeah, this. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I, yeah, I've heard yeah. about it. Yeah. And you've heard what he said and, and what he did and how yeah. fucking stupid it was and how he apologized. And yeah. yet it's 30 and 40 something years later, it's still. So when that happened, everybody was like, Oh, well, what about these lyrics in Sunday's best where you're saying this? And then uh, to which he responded, you should have heard what I said about Stephen Stills. Um, You know, I mean, like is a douche, I think this supposedly he's a brilliant guitar player and songwriter who strikes me as a giant douche. But (laughs) not that that excuses what Costello did, but I'm not the least bit surprised that Stephen Stills like inspired. I always love the Keith Richards thing, like Stephen Stills, like the guy never knew how to do drugs. (laughs) Like he always did way too (laughs) he always did way too much blow. But anyway, so people love to lob the Sunday's best lyrics at him when when the Columbus incident happened. And, you know, I'm going to talk about that in less than 12 hours when I do my Get Happy episode. So that will be covered in great length. But standing in your socks and vest, better get it off your chest. 
every every day is just like the rest but sunday's best i don't really you know it's just a chorus to me yeah you know it's kind of it is it kind of goes at this thing that andrewry did which w- would be like this incredible catalog of images stylish slacks to suit your pocket back sports and picture lockets sleeper towns and sleeper trains to the dogs and down the drains major roads and lady smalls hearts of oak and long trunk calls continental interference at that store with life insurance so this to me is just him trying to outright Andrewry with mixed results. I don't hate it. I don't, but it's also like, it's not the song I come back to. Or yeah. I appreciate artists when they're going into this kind of insane thing, but I don't know. I mean, you were talking about like modest mouse going in like the circus era. Like I'd much rather listen to like Frank's wild years by Tom Waits or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I could agree with or that. honestly yeah. like fucking new boots and panties by injury and the blockheads like that is a great album like i'd much rather listen to that than than costello try to do it all the right the song i was talking about by the way is called sugar boats yes I yes exactly i know that song that one yeah. is it, totally all right so next track is moods for moderns fucking love this song uh i have written down here in my notes favorite track question mark yeah i i love this song yes um, thank you yeah, this- thank you <laughs> Where people always write this track off i mean to me this is as good or better than oliver's army like no question I also reminds it. me of songs songs off low but not the ambient tracks off low but more of the like sound and vision that kind of like short uh, oh yeah um yeah. or or like joe the lion yeah or exactly. on heroes But totally like breaking glass, you know, where he's like in your room again, like such a lovely person, you know, like yeah, that yeah. kind but of like that call and response that, that, that is vibe. so there. And it's almost yeah. like it's to me, it's like low meets. Obviously, this wasn't an influence because it came out a year after this album. But um, do you know the McCartney song coming up? Yeah. With yes, the sped up actually. vocals. It sounds yeah. like, wow. Can't you hear, can't you hear Definitely, like, no question. And I mean. Yeah. 
God knows McCartney was listening to Costello to the point where they collaborate like three or four years, like three, four, five, six years later after this yeah, song yeah. comes out. To me, Moods for Moderns and like Coming Up are like sister songs almost of each other. I get hit looking for a miss. I never <laughs> thought that it would come to this. I mean, God, like, again, this also sounds a lot like a, like a Get Happy song, like the next album. So, yeah. like, I love the Costello songs that kind of point the way forward. Forward. And- I think a lot of good bands do that. Like, it'll be it'll be a song on a record that 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 points in the direction they're going to go. You know, good bands that are constantly changing their their sound or just going for something different. That that happens, I think, frequently. Exactly, particularly like in a kind of self, like not self aware way. Like, yeah, I don't think exactly. you can self-consciously do something like this. You gotta, no. it, it just comes out of it. This also feels very Beatles-y. This is very rubber soul, like drive my car kind of a thing. I don't thing. think I would have, I don't, I would, I definitely did not think that on my, but that, as you say that, I'm, that makes complete sense. Yes. There's something very economical about the language too. And this has been an album where words are tumbling out. But, you know, it really is like I get hit looking for a miss. I never thought it would come to this. I love it's like we haven't if you've ever been involved with somebody where you're like, like, this didn't even start. Like we kind of just like met and started making out. And then it's like, but there's never been an ending. You haven't quite. You're my um, you're like my bad penny that keeps coming up. Like (laughs) there's never been an ending. Soon you'll belong to you'll belong to someone else and I will be your stranger just pretending, you know, and again, like moods for moderns, like welcome to the modern world, baby. It's like, no, it is empty. I love it is a freeze out. I love the finger snaps on the song. There's like finger snaps, I think, at some point. Musically, it's so. What about your dreams come true? I just love that part. Soon you belong to someone else, and I will be your stranger just pretending. You know, that kind of like, yeah, it starts like speeding out and then strings out those last strings syllables. It along at the end. Yeah, it's so, good. so, that's so, and it's so Beatles-y and just like so melodic. What if, you know, again, like romantic and sexual interactions, foreign fingers, like, yeah, kind of like, it's exciting and repulsive at the same time. And he captures that so perfectly. I, I love this song. This song, Absolutely. Might be, I think it's so replayable. I think it's up there with, as far as great catchy pop songs that he's written. I like it as much, if not more than Oliver's army. And I like it almost as much as I like accidents will happen. I, I definitely do personally. I don't think it necessarily has as, why does it doesn't have as much to say appeal. or anything like that yeah yeah that. definitely not that yeah as you said the lyrics are more e- economical but i yeah i like the i just you know sometimes there's just song like it's you can't describe why i i just yeah, like these it's just a great song. song it's just a yes. great song he wrote like a great pop song this could come out in 1966 is not much as 79 and that's kind of that's part of the appeal of it there's it's not too synthesized Although I do love that kind of dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I 
Alpha and let Musically, the drums this, this is song. So, oh yeah. my God, so great. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's the fastest song on the album by far. Yeah, yeah, I think. All right, we love it. We love it because you know what? Especially after, it's such a palate cleanser after Sunday's Best. Absolutely. Like, you really. This is just like, this is a good song. All right, chemistry class. You got a chemistry class, I want a piece of your mind. You don't know what you started when you mixed it up with mine. Are you ready for the final solution? We were talking about Bowie and Lowe earlier. I feel like this is the track where they get the closest to sounding like it. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. This is again like sparse instrumentation again am i right on that no i mean i (laughs) no i wouldn't entirely disagree with you i feel like it is well what it is is it's heavy it's heavy on like the reverb yeah yeah, so it's kind of it fills that space but you're right it really is just it it really is just like it's the piano that do 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 you know um chemistry oh yeah so this is very low ish you're, you're right about that the, the the keyboards i'll be honest i i didn't have the tune in my head there for a minute it took me a minute and i was like L-. well because it's not very catchy no it's not musically not i love it but it's a good song i i like i like this song a lot also i, the, I don't this might be this is arguably like along it. with sunday's best my least favorite um, song in the album musically i love it though i just wish he had some better lyrics to bring to it he gets explicitly fascist here with the final solution lyric are you ready yeah i mean that is i dare i say it's a little even for 1979 in punk rock maybe a little too on the nose but my point being like like you gotta i mean i don't know man like you the final solution like yeah it's a bit much it's a bit much much. you know what it is is it's it's the kind of line where it's like after you've had a little too many gnts and done it yeah yeah, totally you're like no i'm going for it bro like (laughs) it's sort of like maybe maybe that one could have used a a rewrite um i like the lyric people pleasing Yes. Like yes. A- yeah. Oh my God. I mean, it's there's so much good stuff. I mean, that first verse, she throws back her hair, she shows you her mouth, the breath that I waste trying to ruin your life. Yeah, it reminds me. So he says this song is inspired by touring college campuses and thinking that they were like the bet they were the bedrock of like radicalism and just finding that it's like either tedious intellectualism. <laughs> Or like, I'm in college. Let's fuck everybody. Like yeah, yeah. he said, like it was something like, yeah. yeah, like either like rec- reckless hedonism or or like just stuffy intellectualism or whatever. And you're like, okay, I guess I guess you could make that. Uh, you can make that argument. Yeah, 
be curious to get uh dr jeffrey heisen's thoughts on these on this song um hopefully we will um, in a later episode but um i mean i always i always feel like this song is just summed up in the pun which is like the the chorus which is the most like 18 year old thing ever you've got a chemistry class i want a piece <laughs> of your mind mind like, oh uh, you see what he did there you see yeah. what he did there that was gonna be something else but instead he <laughs> he threw it you know he threw it around on you you know it to me that was just like but you don't know what you started when you mixed it up with mine but i guess the salute even when he says final solution like he suck it like you could take that you know a solution like chemistry like you're yeah, Whatever. but I mean, I like, think that's what he's. It's it's a pun. Yeah, to clearly, me, this is, clearly, this is that's what he's just doing. like another. This is like get happy, where it's like a pun a minute. You could total my love with a balance sheet and never know if it's counterfeit. Like you know, it, it's kind of, it's a little bit like that. I just feel like yeah. Sparks are flying from electrical pylons, snakes and ladders running up and down in nylons. Ready to experiment. You're ready to be burned. Well, we just had a song called Accidents Will Happen. And we just had a song about indiscriminate fucking called Busybodies. I don't really think that lyrically we need this song. It's kind of, I mean, I get its place and I get yeah. where energy you need to come down after Moods for Moderns. I get that in terms sure. of the sequencing of a record. But I but just am not. Yeah. I'm I'm not inspired by this. I, I don't find this song particularly interesting. Lyrically, it's one of the weakest songs on the album in a way that I I think maybe like Sunday's Best might be the weakest musically. Yeah. Like, I just... I would agree. He's actually trying to, like, he's actually achieving that sound. Yeah, that he's been I would striving agree. For, which is the idea that he bring, he's talked about so much, which is like Bowie is making this extremely Germanic craft working in Eno-ish synthesizer music, but he has a funk band yeah. like Adrian Ballou and and those drums and bass, you know, and like a clavinet. Yeah, it's, it's... I don't know. You like it? No, not particularly. I mean, it's not my definitely not one of my favorites on the record. You can stand up to me. It's okay. No, no, no. I don't really like this. I, <laughs> I really don't like it. I, I like every song on the record, but I don't, this is not, no, I would say this is, if, if I were to take one song off the album, I think this would probably be it. Wow. Even more than Sunday's best. I did say that about Sunday's best too, didn't I? Um, no, I would, I would choose this over Sunday's best. If I were to 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 have interesting edit in one way, interesting. All right, now we get to what I personally think is a fucking masterpiece. My the original last track on song. this album. This is What's favorite song. Period, really, definitely. Yeah, that's 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 what I have written in my in my notes. Yeah, go ahead, dude. Go ahead, go ahead. You didn't even introduce no, no, the no. song. Yet. You go, no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I was two two little Hitlers. I mean, it's a great song. seems like a, a conversation between two people i just think it's again encapsulates the whole album competition pat go ahead start talking 
<laughs> the gin, this gin is affecting me. It's making me, it's loosening my lips. No, um, the thing with Two Little Hitlers, I think it's an absolute masterpiece because, like I said before, it's about complexes. This is an album about personal complexes, political complexes, romantic complexes. All of it is there. I think this is like a brilliant character study. I feel like you could write, you could adapt this into a play. You could create like, there's just so much there to work with as, as it, it's just a great, great piece of art. You open with a line, which is like the most, like the line a 24 year old would write, write which is. I'm sure you are coked out of your mind. You have your reservations You know, and it's settling into like the idea of what you think middle age will be as a yeah, 20 yeah. something. And I don't know about you, but I'm starting to realize that my wardrobe is no longer cool or in step <laughs> with. I never thought I had a cool wardrobe, so I, I don't know. But nah, yeah. you dressed pretty cool in college. You you had you had your indie you had your indie vibe down. You sure, you rocked sure. it and you rocked it well. And it's like I can buy all the big bud press in the world that I want, but like I. Yeah, I am not. I am not cool. Even when we walk in polka dots and checkered slacks. Bowing, squawking, running Bobbing, squinting, just like I'm just imagining him like visiting like his grandpa, like like an old folks home or something and just being disgusted by everything he sees. And like just 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 like, oh, my God, look at these. These idiots. But again, like, I love the idea to describing a bickering married couple or a yeah. couple where it's almost like who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. They're so bitter and so disgusted with each other that it's like two little Hitlers will fight it out until one little Hitler does the other one's will. The one's like, will. that's what that's what like fascism is, is an ideology. It's a married couple being like, I'm right. No, Pickering I'm right. Each other and just, no, yeah, you're, you're absolutely. wrong. No, I'm wrong. And it's just this like stupid shit that is not based on ideology. It's based on I'm right and you're wrong. Like <laughs> it's based on like playground politics. Yeah. And um, verse two is just, I think, one of the best verses Costello ever wrote. Down in the basement, I need my head examined. I need my eyes excited. middle-aged people have we found been sucked into this 
void of Republican nationalist nonsense that is masquerading, you know, that that is fascism masquerading as patriotism and love of country and everything. I'd like to join the party, but I was not invited. I just want to belong. They were finally part of a movement. They felt like they were part of a, yeah, a large movement of some kind. I, I, th- I think they're all pissed off that they are not in with the cool kids on the left wing, or at least they, they feel that way. And right? who is and their then, leader then, but somebody they, who is rejected? They're cool because they have Trump. Yeah, and, and who is their leader but the guy who is rejected by the cool kids of New York City? Exactly. Yeah, you know, he, he has that whole complex, too. Yeah, clearly. Him and, and Nixon both, you know. The whole complex of, of not – they think the elites have shut them out in some way or whatever, not realizing they are the elites. But yes. <laughs> and it's it's just sort of like – I you talk about Nixon, you talk about Trump. It's also like this idea, you make a member of me, I'll be delighted. You might drown. I don't care if you kill people who aren't me or leave them out in the cold or create a police state to contain these people. Is that not like <laughs> great lyric? Is it is that not like the name escapes me, but like is that not like who declared the culture war? Like Oh yeah, yeah. For, what what is her name? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Again. <sighs> we'll cut this out, but like <laughs> more uh he's like, the, the lyric. It's also calculated. She's got a calculator. More like, you know, he he loves that, huh? Playing oh, I mean, well, like actually, a... I, I should say, I don't know who wrote it, but um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I know. Go ahead. Like, it, it, and it's a Pat Buchanan speech at the 92 oh, Dem- Republican gotcha. convention. Yeah, Pat yeah. Buchanan gives this speech. I hope, uh, like, I, I don't know who wrote it, though. I'm sure he takes full credit for it, but yeah. of course, he ends it with God bless you. Oh my God. Wow. I'm looking at this speech now. Jesus H Christ. I'll, I'll text it to you. Is he still like, he's still around. I I remember he was on like MSNBC for a long time. And I think so. But God, what a, what a fucking demon Pat Buchanan is. The worst. Also from the Nixon administration. Yeah. 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 It makes you think of angels in America where Roy Cohn's like (laughs) all the geeks were neat Nixon appointees. Yeah. 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 She's, his wife sounds like a truck driver. He sounds like Kate Smith. It's very confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, like, here were 19-year-old boys ready to stop, ready to lay down their lives to stop a mob from molesting old people they did not even know. And as those boys took back the streets of Los Angeles block by block, the L.A. riots, my friends, we must take back our cities and take back our culture and take back our country. Jesus Christ. <laughs> i
You know, the, the majority, we, we, the cities are the majority of our, but they, they hate our cities. You know, that, like the, the amount of times that I've, I've talked to people, and, oh, you live in Philadelphia? How's it going? You know, is are things okay? Yeah, like it, it, it's fine, guys. You know, we're, we're. Yeah, we have a real fucking problem with our police department. Exactly. And exactly. Uh, the inherent fascism and, and the militarization of it. But yeah, no, as citizens, we're all doing the best we can. <laughs> Which, you know, again, out of context, I mean, I see that as the Republican culture war. Like, I don't care how awful you think I am. I will return. I will not burn. I am an essential part of who this country is. Totally. You know, at its ugliest and its nastiest and its biggest. Like, you know, out of context. Because I'm, I'm like, yeah, like you, you could isolate those but it's not lyrics. out of context because this song is so good. No. It is about that shit. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. absolutely yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, also, I also think of it in terms of Costello as an artist. I mean, the song, much like Accidents Will Happen, ends with I know, I yeah. know, I know. This song ends with I will return. I will not burn. I will oh, return. Man. I will not burn, which sounds like, you know, I mean, you know, for him, it's just sort of like, I know I've said some shit, but like, I'm just getting started. <laughs> and then you think about somebody. I also think of, I will return. I will not burn. And I think of like the thousand year Reich. Sure. Like yeah. just this sort of, I don't, I don't mean that in good terms. I just mean like, you think of like, I will, I'm, I'm coming back. Like you ain't seen nothing yet. And sure enough, Thatcher in 79, Reagan in 80, the war on crack, uh, indifference to the AIDS crisis, all of these things. You know, I will return, I will not burn. It's very interesting that in England, and as he sees it, this is the last track of Armed Forces. Yeah, yeah. That it fades out here. And it's 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 a hell of a way to end the album, man. It is. It's, I, I mean... I potentially my favorite song on the record like i think it sums up all the themes of the album yeah i mean it's a brilliant way to to end it yeah i mean that fade out is pretty yeah. great i mean it you've is. got a killer attractions groove you've got a amazing um again lyric i will return i will not burn I mean, it, it it's a brilliant way to end the album. It really is. And it, it's a brilliant continuation of On My Aim is True, Waiting for the End of the World is the original closer before watching yeah. The Detectives. And then Night Rally was the original ending before Radio Radio was added. Interesting. And to look at those three songs at like successively 
and how thematically they connect with each other is really interesting. All right. All right. You know, after all of this conversation, we've covered so many things. Just got one question for you, dude. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? I love this song. Oh, it fucking rules. I mean, it and like rules. I also love this version so much more than the Nick Lowe version. Oh my god, it's like, not I even a like, content. I don't even like that. His version is sappy. It's like I feel like he says stuff about the kids. Why can't we give the kids like something? It's just not good. This the the Elvis. I mean, this is like a, a karaoke song for me. I've done this karaoke before. I lo- like I, I love this song. Yeah. Tremendous. Absolutely. And I, also, Ab- I also think like it, it also sums up the album in that it not sums up, but he drops kind of the sarcasm. I feel like he's wholly he's fully behind the sentiment of what he's singing in the song, is how I feel when I hear him. Oh yeah. I mean he very much so he talks about how this song was written as almost like Nick Lowe, almost in the mind. So like in the same way Nick Lowe was kind of like in the mind of Johnny Cash when he wrote The Beast in Me. Right. You know, he's very much almost like in the mindset. And I feel like that's one of the real strengths of Nick Lowe is like he does these kind of like almost gentle, but like real character studies. Much. I guess I don't know much Nick Lowe. Highly um, recommend Nick Lowe cool. in general. Um, his stuff is pretty great. His Christmas album is fucking phenomenal. And he is he writes these kind of really gentle, great, like very economical songs. He is the opposite of like of Costello. I mean, he's kind of like he's one of those people where it's like, what do you think of Elvis Costello? He's like, well, he certainly thinks very highly of himself. (laughs) And you should check out his WTF interview. It's very it's very like kind of chill by comparison and he's like um he's like too many words you know <laughs> like you know one yeah. phrase killed it, it. you know that I'm is the Nick Lowe now that's the you should you should yeah. that's the fundamental difference between like Nick Lowe and Costello and they're both great they're both amazing Excuse me, but like that is the difference. Any, right we there. can't we can't offend any Nick Lowe fans. No, oh my god, no, absolutely. But so it's as though Nick Lowe is like a brill building songwriter, being like, "Hey, let's get in on this peace and love thing," you know? That's, like, wow, no, yeah, that's exactly right. But but Elvis, but Elvis end, pulls it off. Well, yeah. In the end, what he actually does is write something more sincere like the most sincere counter like song like peace song since give peace a chance like totally and he did it as a fucking accident as a fucking joke and ended up writing this song that like i mean i have seen costello 16 times in concert and every time almost every time he plays this song and every time it does not fail to bring people to their feet for people to fucking cheer. And honestly, like I've cried a few times hearing it. I mean, especially totally. like it's that, it's that you kind know, of song. 
It really is. And he has like, it's also a very lean version of it. And he cuts, you know, he, he cuts out any, any fat on it at all. This is also very much like a, it's a song in concert where he'll introduce the band and you know, it's it's also, you know, a song where he'll occasionally insert a little spoken word like kind of a thing like they had a bit. I think when I saw him in 2006, where he was like he had this uh, line where he just kept repeating, like, admit you lied, admit you lied, admit you lied and bring the boys home. And it was just like, fuck, dude, this was the height of the Iraq war like this. Yeah, meant a lot. This song has not like I dare you to hear this song and not be Is that not a question that any like decent human being at has to ask themselves hundreds of times a day, like just to get through life, where are the strong and who are the trusted? Yeah. And I mean, it's, and it, again, like, and each time I feel it slipping away just makes me want to cry. Like what's so funny about people? I mean, God, it just doesn't, it doesn't like, it doesn't get any better than this. It is arguably to me the greatest cover of any song. Wow. Like um, to me, like he takes it. No, like I don't want to even if, if I go the rest of my life without ever hearing the Nick Lowe version of it. Fine. You're good. I'm cool You're with good. it. I'm good. I'm good. I don't fucking care. I don't care about Nick Lowe's slightly sarcastic. Like, yeah, look at this stuff. Like just sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Go ahead. I, I was, Wilco does a good cover of this song um, that is kind of like the Nick Lowe version that it's slower, but I think they do a much better job of not, it, it doesn't have that, you know, patronizing quality, I think. That they do. You guys have to sing this along. So funny about peace, love, and honesty. 
yeah, I don't think if it's slow, I don't take anything away from it necessarily. No. I think it's yeah. this is a this is a song that is, and I wouldn't say this about all great songs because I think you can you can do you can change it up with with a lot of great songs, but this song is you talk about this all the time in like screenwriting and playwriting and stuff. This is a line that is it's like delivery dependent. Like yeah. this song lives or dies by how how sincere the person singing it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise, it could just come across as a, a little uh, saccharine or, or just yeah, absolutely. It's a song about yeah. peace, love, and understanding. I mean, yeah, I know, mean, how do you like it, you got if you're gonna get away with that line, you gotta, you gotta go sell it all I mean, you in. Just, you need to and be Jeff- fully committed. And I think yeah. one of the things, especially as he gets older and we get older, because let's face yeah. it, we're getting older, like we're, we're, we're closer to 40 than we are to 30. With Jeff, we love the more sincere he gets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I, I love Yankee Hotel and stuff, but I don't necessarily need him to be as abstract or or strange or cynical yeah. at, or at this point i think he's kind of real because i think most of his newer output now we're going on a wilco tangent but I'm most of jeff's newer stuff i think it to me is more straightforward yeah like he doesn't absolutely. do yeah, he doesn't do that but i also think that makes him i just thought it makes him better as a songwriter like 100 oh, it's kind of interesting you were so elvis plays that this cover at almost every concert you've seen it's like wilco plays california stars which is Woody Guthrie wrote the lyrics oh to God, that song. I love that they, song. They play, I've, you know, I've seen Welco a ton, probably 10, 15 times. They play that song at every, every show and everybody, that's the song that, you know, inevitably everybody sings along to gets up on their feet. Two covers. That's interesting. But you're absolutely right. Like two covers, two brilliant covers with very simplistic lyrics that they just sell like um across the board and make their own make their own for sure it's very interesting i was talking with with megan morrison about the inclusion of radio radio on this year's model and the idea that she posited that it's almost like the american ending like the americans can't have a sad ending which would be night rally Right. And you can't end a song in a country that beat Hitler. You can't end the song, an album with two little hits. <laughs> so you have to have peace, love, and understanding. Do you think it's a better album with it or without it? Uh with it, I think one hundred percent. Um, I think it ties the I think it ties the album together. I think it ends it. Maybe it's because I'm an American. Maybe my Americanness is showing through here. But uh, I think it ends it on the non-sarcastic notes, not the non-sarcastic note, but the non, he's not putting on a character. He's not attempting to be cute in any way. There's no wordplay. It's a, it's straightforward. He's finally just set, kind of, I think, saying in plain language what his message is. And I, I think it's needed. I, I consider it part of the album. Like when I got it, when I have this, when I got this album on vinyl, that was the final track. And so like in my head, that's always been, that's, that's how I think of the album with that as the final song. I could not agree with you more. And then it's you end with what's again, it's like two little Hitlers 
you know, there's all this evil shit on the rise. And it's like, somebody's got to call out, like, what the fuck is so funny about peace, love and understanding? Exactly. It is. It's so, it's so important. And I think it's also, it's up tempo. I feel like it's what the, it's what the album needs. It really does close this album and that there is a plea for just simple humanity and simple Absolutely. understanding. And it's going to be a long time before we get that again on a Costello album. It's kind of like um, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, the borrow from the goat. It's not dark yet, but it's getting there. Getting there. Yeah. So, yeah. God, what a closer. What a closer. I yeah. I mean, I don't care how much he objects. I think it's I think it's brilliant. It's All right. So the next kind of American versus um uk thing that comes to mind with this album is the cover art how do you kind of come down on the both are by bar barney bubbles so i would say again all time the vinyl that i own has the the drip the drip art cover which is what you see on spotify yeah for the right so when, when i think of the album i mean that's what i think of um it has the elephants on the back um the, the, the original the cover yeah sure right and the so the elephants are on the back of the one i have with the track list and that, that's how i think of the record i think i like that so the rhino reissue also has the uh the drip cover of it as well which gosh what is his name pollock pollock it has the kind of yeah. jackson pollockish cover and again, Barney Bubbles like cover art just for all of Costello's stuff and all of a lot of the stiff record stuff is just amazing. Yeah. Across the board, as is all of like the inlay stuff, which I know you've got with the vinyl. You know, yeah, like the exactly. our place or yours with the um with the the guy diving into like the hockney. The pool. There's a thing. Yeah, the with pool that. with the hockney. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a shot with Costello on the maybe on a diving board or something yep. mm-hmm. yeah something mm-hmm. like that yeah. yeah yeah yeah. oh i think all that stuff is great the like x-ray eye soldiers and like yeah and the gatefold sleeve and all that stuff i i love it and there's of course you know the don't join the with the grenade head and the submachine gun in his mouth oh, yeah. and all that stuff you know it's it's very it's all very extreme i also feel like this was a great form to go into this podcast with both of us drinking and or vaping into the <laughs> night because this is an album that just calls for it it really calls absolutely this album yeah. and i think uh future album after get happy trust are two albums that just call for whatever kind of substance myself and the guests are going to consume <laughs> all right so this comes and we've discussed the cover art which I, I i would agree i think i go i think the splatter really reflects the spirit of this album yeah 100 percent I don't, maybe I'm not artistic enough to appreciate the, the elephants. I am having a good friend who's a graphic designer and my wife, both of whom went to art school to, we're going to do a Costello cover art and like inlay art episode. That's cool. We'll get, we'll get into the depth of that and, and see if they can explain the elephants on armed forces to me. I don't know. Maybe I could figure it out if I thought about it more, but honestly, um, I'm on my third G and T and yeah, I don't really know. This is where we're at. So what comes up next is my uh, favorite and 
very, very recent addition to this podcast episode. So much so that I let you know about it last night. Um, <laughs> so I am of the belief, first of all, um, this was a theory that was posed by a very good friend of mine, John Alfin, who I've known since high school, who very cheerfully and courageously tramped along to at least four or five Costello concerts with me, even though I don't think he was a fan. I don't think he enjoyed it. Well, I he hope went. he did. I hope he did. But yeah. he just, he ne- he's not a diehard like I am, but he was a really right. good friend and he went along with, he posed the theory. He was like, the thing with Costello is the voice. That is the problem. If you ever had a Genius Loves Company Costello album like Ray yeah. Charles, sure. or if you ever had just a Costello, a really good well-chosen Costello covers album. Yeah. It would sweep the Grammys. I 100% would agree with that. And I, I would generally agree with that too. And I think it's a brilliant theory. And well, so it's just my, further my answer to your question. You're, you're going to be like, what, no, what the fuck? No, it doesn't. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Cause I want to, yeah. I'm, I'm doing a little, little, little build up, little vamping. Oh, okay. okay. So, so roll hang with apologies. Me. No, it's all right. We've we've had some stouts. We've had some gin. It's all good. My whole thing with it is, is that Elvis Costello is a brilliant songwriter who is seldom covered by other artists. What track or tracks on this album do you think should be covered and who should cover them? And if you care to elaborate on style or anything like that, you get points for that as well. Go ahead, sir. Okay. My my answer was... So I, I did come up with a couple, but I, I would like to see Animal Collective covering senior services. I think the senior services. Tell me more. Tell me more. I always think of Animal why. Collective songs as like circular in some way. A lot of their songs just continue to go around in, in, in circles like loops. And I think of senior services in a similar fashion where it's like it's not necessarily verse, chorus, verse. It, I think of it as a circle. I, I don't know how else to say that um i mean you think of the end where it's like yeah yeah exactly it's also like kind of jerky like uh a lot of like stop start type stuff and i think of a lot of animal collective songs in a similar nature so i think they could do a interesting good job with it i think this is a fantastic choice i even i especially think of like um i mean there's so many of us do i really think of like a like a feels or Meriwether post pavilion sure. era exactly. animal collective That's ex- doing exactly it. what I was, I was thinking like of, summertime yeah. clothes. Like if yeah, you've yeah, ever exactly. seen a live version of summertime clothes, they build sure. it as like a loop.
such a great yeah and really distorted and yeah yeah yeah, absolutely i think that's a a fantastic reimagining of it so i got a few covers here i have a few choices we'll narrow it down the first one that comes to mind would be and this is a great what if but they are still alive so it's there's a possibility that it could happen and i think if they ever covered this song together and you could figure out who sings what it's a mate it would be amazing richard and linda thompson cover two little hitlers i could definitely see that richard's still alive? who's still alive they both are yeah they're both still alive okay they're in their 70s yeah. but i mean they're they're boomer rock stars but like if they ever got together to do an album and you're like what if there's a great song about them break like about them not getting along and stuff together and stuff i'd be like it'd be two little hitlers i mean great choice it'd be okay. so great I like it'd that. be so awesome and um Costello, huge fan of the two of them. Obviously, their extraordinarily bleak songwriting is perfect with his. Yeah. They have a song called The Calvary Cross. I know, it off of uh, Turn On. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's track it two, I think, on, on Turn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Costello would always, when in his solo acoustic shows, he almost always covers that song. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's very interesting to think about, about, Tom Richard and Linda Thompson is an influence on Costello's songwriting. Yeah. Especially is kind of like I see a lot of blood and chocolate on I want to see the bright lights tonight. Okay. Right. So the next one I have would be She and Him covering Party Girl. Okay. I could definitely see that. He, no all question. of those synth parts and piano parts are steel guitar. Um, them trading lines back and forth, I feel like is fantastic. The other ones I have, the one that is really out there for me, but I feel like would be amazing is, um, I believe they go by Anhonia now. Anthony oh, right. of Anthony, Anthony and, and the, the Johnsons. Johnsons. Yes. Yeah, 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 sure. Covering green shirt, but it's green shirt where the percussion is all organic. So it's some kind of like, almost like, not bongo drums, but like some kind of like yeah 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 no that that I and it's a smarty you know like the fact that he is incapable of singing fast almost yeah. on any like, song or, or I, I should I've say never, they apologies yeah, to they, Anthony I've, I've never heard yeah they they I, being, I, I don't think I've ever heard a up tempo song from from them well I mean they they Hercules and the love affair that kind of a thing oh, yeah, but like right. but yeah you're right but I mean in terms of they don't have the rapid word fire. By the way, um, Anthony of Anthony and Johnson's first transgender person nominated for an Academy Award. Wow. Um, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. They're, they are fucking incredible. I remember seeing them with Lou Reed in 2004. Anyways, they, uh, them doing a cover of Green Shirt where they're, those lyrics just like kind of flow out like voluptuous and like flowery and poetic. as a kind of like out like very reverby out into the ether with this kind of very like primitive like like very very organic percussion underneath it i feel like it'd be fucking incredible like one of all time great great covers okay i'm glad you can hear that and then the last one i have is just um olivia rodrigo doing goon squad i'd love to hear (laughs) a woman sing that song i'd love to hear a fucking I don't know angry enough woman about, singing I don't know song. enough about her. Like I don't, I don't um I'm a fan. I have not I haven't really listened I'm not to a her. hardcore fan, but I am a fan for like sure. You, yeah. All right. Give me just a moment here. What we are coming to 
is our ranking for songs. Okay. So, or uh, for albums rather. So with Arm for with Elvis Costello, you know, there are so many podcasts where you do like a one out of five. Jokerman has their classic one out of three. Yeah. I opted for in the case of Costello a poetic ranking based on the name of costello song so here are your rankings for armed forces big nothing useless beauty almost ideal ascension day or beyond belief okay um happy to repeat them i'm going almost ideal care to elaborate no I will love it. I love it. Absolutely. You know what? I'm going to have to give it almost ideal as well. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) Unlike some people, I'm going to give it almost (laughs) ideal because this is some of, there's no denying that some of the songwriting on this is the best of his entire career. Yeah. This is something of an artistic peak for sure. There is no doubt about it, but there is the the kind of i judge this harsher than i judge the next album get happy because get happy is 20 songs compared to the 12 or 13 here 12 that he wrote 13 with the cover where it's like this is so this album is so produced it's so, I mean, he, he doesn't get more produced than this until you get to Imperial Bedroom um, in terms of how elaborate the arrangements are and everything. And you've got Sunday's Best. You've got Chemistry Class. You know, you've got some things that don't quite land as strongly. And it's as much a look at me, aren't I great album in some ways as... My aim is true. So yeah, I would give it, I would give it, I would give it almost ideal for, for those reasons. I think it's, again, it's reaching. It's trying to be like the best album. Again, Elvis Costello is a try hard, love it or hate it. That is what he is. And so, yeah, I think I'm with you for, for almost ideal. <laughs> All right. All right. Glad man. we agree on that. I'm glad we this agree is, on uh... that too. I feel like it's, I feel like you, in your silence, you uh, you agree with everything I say. Absolutely, no, there's no, there's no question. <laughs> because that would show that I've learned absolutely nothing from an album <laughs> whose original title was "Emotional Fascism." Wow, <laughs> Matt, this has been an absolute treat. This has absolute been fantastic. I'm, I'm... This has been. The Very sloppiest episode this. I've done by far. This has been well, also, on. but this has also been one of the most insightful. What are you I saying? Mean, come on. Great. Well, I was like, it was a great time though. I, I mean, I had a great time. A little yeah, sloppy, absolutely. but I, I, I had fun. For sure. And I feel like we also brought a lot in terms of what these songs mean to us and everything. And I could not think of a more appropriate guest to discuss armed forces with. And I hope if you enjoy this enough, you might consider coming back for a future episode. The other thing that I have as a gift that I would like to extend to you, as I extend to every guest, 
is that if there is an album that you love passionately enough that you would like to podcast with me about yeah. for an extended period of time, I'm all in. I will listen to it. I will take notes. I will annotate it. I will come. I will come prepared. Right, I, I'll I come that. sober. Let's... <laughs> and I will sober you don't have to come sober but no yeah let's let's make that happen if there is an um, album I would, that comes, I would gladly, one off gladly the top of your head you'd want to do or you want to think about I got I gotta think on I gotta think on it you've had That's, we've had I mean, enough we've had I enough stout I could randomly name something there you know but no I I, 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 gotta think, I gotta think on it I do love I do love me some Wowie Zowie my favorite pavement album as well as it should know, be depending on the day but let Indeed. me think on it well thank you again man yeah man it was a great talk this has to been you. this has been beyond believers <laughs> <laughs> fuck well there you have it another episode down another classic album covered if we ruffled a few hawks feathers well then, to quote that great Baltimorean, H.L. Macon, hopefully we only afflicted the comfortable. On next week's episode, my good friend and cousin Lizzie Siegel and I attempt to conquer side A of Elvis Costello and the attraction's soul-spectacular Get Happy. This is Pat Brennan, and I look forward to meeting you again soon, between your ears. Beyond Believers is edited and produced by Pat Brennan for Pat Chan.